are invited to celebrate with Amy. Join the party as we gather creative tips and fun tricks for your next event. Come on in, grab a glass, and let's celebrate. up party people thanks for tuning in to episode 11 of celebrate with amy i'm your host amy hernandez owner of immersive events this episode is for my engaged couples out there who are wondering where the heck to begin wedding planning first things first though congratulations hey this is such an exciting time and i'm hella juiced for you to be going through your planning process it can be tough it can be stressful but as they all say it'll definitely be worth it. Joining me in this episode is my hubs, Matthew Hernandez, who's real nervous, so don't judge him. (laughs) He's gonna kill me for saying that part, but he was. It's his first time speaking, y'all. But anyway, I'll take you through some tips on what to do, but I'm also going to ask Matt some questions so we can hear from the groom's side on how he felt during the engagement and planning process. While we were planning our wedding last year, or I guess, you know, the year and a half before last year, it wasn't easy. Our family and friends thought it would be because I am an event planner. But I had to plan over 30 events within one year, y'all, including our own wedding. So hell no, it was not easy. It was stressful AF. But with the help of Matt, Everything was a bit easier because we did work together a lot and we planned our wedding together. You typically hear about how brides plan their wedding, but let's hear about what grooms can do to help. We'll be going through some of the most important first steps as soon as you get engaged to get you ready for wedding planning, what we had to go through to get married in the Catholic Church. So if you are getting married in the Catholic Church, this one is especially for you. But even if you're not Catholic, there are some things that you can learn from what we had to go through and what we learned through our engagement. Now, let's give it up for Maddie Hernandez. Okay, hi, babe. Hello. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself and a little bit about our story first? Yeah, I'm Matt. I'm from Vallejo. And then I ended up... (laughs) 707? Say backwards. V-Town Smasher, look him <laughs> oh, up on Twitch. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but yeah, see me in Halo. <laughs> little little plug, but yeah, from Vallejo, then I went to Sac State, and I basically was a wingman for my homegirl, Abby, who was invited to a Manny Pacquiao fight, and we ended up going there, and that's where I first met Amy. We watched the fight, and we ended up going out that day, or that night, and after that, it's basically just been texting each other essays ever since. My homies would always give me crap about that when we were hanging out. They kept saying, I thought we were hanging out, Matt. Why are you just texting essays to Amy? But yeah, it's been like that every day, and after a few months of just being friends, but it wasn't really just friends. But for her birthday, I got her tickets to see Brian McKnight in San Francisco. And it was around Christmas time or winter time. We went to go to Union Square after the show. And that's where I asked her to be my girlfriend. And then fast forward five years later, tried to just circle it back and bring her back to Union Square and asked her to be my wife. Didn't go exactly as planned. There's actually a lot of things that could have been done better, but I just wanted to let her know how I felt during that time. It's basically just how I met the love of my life. After you proposed, Mm -hmm. we had to go through wedding planning and all of that. And obviously it wasn't you 
realm and new thing that we are doing. But one of the things we first did was, of course, celebrated our engagement. Yeah, that's the first thing you should do to celebrate. You can celebrate together or throw a party. But if you decide to throw a party, make sure to choose the closest friends and family to celebrate with. You definitely don't want to invite people that you're iffy about inviting to the wedding. How did we decide to celebrate our engagement? We actually wanted just to have a chill barbecue. And the theme that we wanted to do was romantic comedies. So we had movie posters on the walls and windows. It's pretty funny, but we had very intentionally bad photoshops of putting our face on the stars of the show. One that I remembered was Failure to Launch, and uh, she put my face on Matthew McConaughey's face. And it was, it was terrible, but it was pretty funny. But we also had pictures of ourselves still just throughout our lives on uh, lunch tables where we had kind of like a scene one or act one, scene one type of thing. And it was kind of just for us to show our life. And we just had our closest friends and family over there. And it was fun. It was great. And we, some of our guests, they actually dressed up in their favorite movie outfits. And I commend some of those who were very committed because it was super <laughs> hot that day. Yeah, we really just wanted to be more casual about it and tell our love story. So we chose barbecue because we love eating barbecue. Mm -hmm. And then we chose rom-coms because I personally love rom-coms and movies, like the movie theme, because we watch a lot of movies together. So it was a like kind of telling about who we were. So think about that and think about how casual you want to make it that you wouldn't necessarily use those themes at your wedding, but you can use it in pre-celebrations before your wedding. Yeah, and probably just the biggest thing too it's very important milestone in your life like you want to celebrate it in any way you can yeah and it's fun you just want everything to be fun the next thing to do is to create a wedding list this is your base and what is going to drive so many of your decisions when planning your wedding how did we go through our wedding list we actually did kind of a tiered list we had a plan a plan b and plan c list and we just go down as follows the a list just no buts about it like the people you want to have at your wedding they're going to be on that list and that's just family and friends that you're super close to and then for the b list these are the people that we wanted to have in our wedding or to be a guest but we weren't sure if we'd be able to afford it this was kind of a list where if people in our a list were letting us know ahead of time that they weren't able to come we could just swap them out for people in the b list then in our C list, it's people we haven't really seen in a while, just like our acquaintances or any kind of like parents, co-workers, anything like that. Just nice to haves. And it's more so like we probably wouldn't be able to afford them, but if there's a way they could come for like the dancing portion or just like the after party part, that would be a nice alternative. Yeah, and this was really hard. This guest list for us was always something that we were working on throughout the whole wedding planning. So it wasn't like, here's our list, and that's it. We had to give ourselves a cap and figure out where we can go from there. So we just like listed a whole bunch of names and then we like crossed off. Well, I was quick for my part, <laughs> but Amy just knows all of Sacramento no. and that list just kept growing and growing and growing. No, it was not. Yes, it but was. But it's like, it's always like... <laughs> <laughs> it was always like we, we got had to, to lie. Yeah, we ha we had to revisit it all the time. Yeah, that is true. So just know that it's not concrete and it's not like, oh, this is the list and that's it. It's going to change. And then plus, if you're engaged for a year and a half or two years, there's so many relationships that change within that mm -hmm. time or your bridesmaids and groomsmen end up having a boyfriend and girlfriend and you want to invite them too. So like know that this list is super flexible and always ever changing. Yeah, or other other people's plans just change too. 
So we've done the guest list. Now we have to talk about the budget and finance. And this was one of the harder things that we, Matt and I had Pretty to talk important. about. Yeah. How much are you willing to spend? Be realistic based on the amount of guests. You don't want to say, oh, I'm going to have 200 plus guests, but I'm only going to spend 10000 to $15,000 on this wedding. Like that is not realistic. Y'all, I will tell you firsthand, that's probably only going to cover food if that. So really be realistic about how much you're willing to spend. Think about the max amount. And I know we talked a lot about how we're going to budget for this. And that was our biggest topic. Can you talk about some of the first steps we took to move forward? Well, yeah, what we did, we ended up just having dinner with our parents. And we were just asking them if they wanted to contribute to our wedding. Wasn't necessarily saying, oh, we want money. But it's more so if if they were willing to help. And, I want money. Yeah, and if basically it's just putting it out on the table. We didn't expect them to. And we really just pay for the wedding ourselves. And we didn't want to have any other hidden expectations about that. Yeah, we just wanted to know what to expect from our family members. You know, we weren't expecting anything. And even if they did say, oh yeah, we're going to pay for the photographer, videographer, or we're going to pay for a certain thing, we took it upon ourselves to be like, Oh, okay, they're saying that they're going to, but we don't know their financial situation. So we're going to pretend that they didn't say anything and they're not paying for anything. And we're just going to pay everything by ourselves. And what did we do to get our finances together? And is there anything you think we could have done differently? I think definitely saving even before we were engaged. That was probably something that we should have just done with just our lifetime. So like yeah. after like after graduation, should have just put a lot of money to the side instead of just like paying for bills and then trying to live our lives. But we opened up a joint savings account and that just helped us get our savings on track. And it just really lets us see how much we're really saving to our wedding rather than just having the amount mixed in with our personal finances. Adding on to that, the savings account that we ended up opening was, you know, just a regular golden one savings account, but we definitely should have opened up a high yield savings account. And that's mm -hmm. what I really advise is to look at a high yield savings account or money market where you could be taking the money out easily because after the wedding, that's when we opened up a high yield savings account. And yeah. we're like, man, we should have just done this. We got no kind of since. return. We ended up opening up a Wealthfront account mm -hmm. because the APY was, I think, 2.25% or something. So, it was something good. That was a lot more than like Wells Fargo's, which I think is like 0.02%. <laughs> so it's like definitely not the route to go for just trying to have your bank savings. So try to look into that. Yeah, we also did a savings plan Excel sheet. With the savings account and the savings plan Excel sheet, we knew how much we were taking out of each paycheck and then we knew what we were going to end up with and how that's going to help with our goal and our budget. Yeah, again, you just gotta stay on track of that. If, if you're really trying to save X amount of money for your wedding, that Excel sheet, Amy, queen of Excel sheets, like she just had, basically had an Excel sheet for a good amount of things, but probably the budget was one of the most important things. I can go ahead and put that Excel sheet in a blog on my website so you guys can download it and see how we looked at our budget and how we saved because that was really helpful. And I can have a template ready on the website. But the other thing that we did was we opened up a Chase Preferred credit card because we knew we were going to spend a lot of money. So we wanted to get the points for it anyway, especially for our honeymoon. And that really did help us for our honeymoon. Yeah. We had our round trip flights to Thailand used with credit card points. So 
You can open up a credit card if you don't have it already. It's one that's specific to travel, mm -hmm. but only if you're going to use it smart. Yeah, like definitely using it as a tool, not to like get yourself out of a situation because you don't have the money. Or get yourself in a situation like debt. So definitely look at that and see if that really is the way for you to go. Because if you know that you're not good with credit cards, don't do it. But if you know that you're going to have the cash and you just want to take advantage of the system mm -hmm. and stuff, then do it that way. Like when we put payment on the card to pay a vendor or pay for items, then we paid it off right away. We didn't wait to see the balance or anything like that. We just paid it off because we had the cash. Yeah. So those, those points that we're technically just using for our money, it's just getting that cherry on top. Yeah. So, okay. The next thing you should do as a couple is talk about your dream wedding. How would you want this big day to look like for the both of you? What would tell the story of your love and your relationship? Babe, what was the most important and least important part that you cared about? I would say the most important thing was great memories. So a way that we had memories was just having videography and photography for that. And I love to eat. So that was my third part too. That was like, what are we going to enjoy? But mostly what are our guests going to enjoy? I definitely didn't want to have a good wedding or a great wedding. And then one of the talking points of our wedding is, oh, they served shitty food over there. So had to get that on point. The least thing I care about was, honestly, I didn't really care about how the flowers or how particular the flowers had to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's because the big focus was just our marriage. It wasn't like, oh, we're getting married, so we have to have great flowers or we're getting married, so we have to have great decorations. Again, it's just really about the people and just trying to make those memories with those people. Yeah. No, that's good. And, you know, I'm with Matt, too, with how I cared about photography, videography and food. I definitely didn't care about flowers either. I was willing to spend the least on flowers because I'm not too much of a flower person. I'm actually more of a candle person and I like lighting so much. So I was willing to spend less on floral and that actually saved us a little bit more money mm -hmm. going the candle route. Kind of vision that we were looking at was like, oh, we want it to be glamorous, but we want it to be fun and whimsical. And how do we touch on the fun and whimsical part? How do we touch on the ratchet part? I know, try to get that hyphiness. <laughs> more hyphy, right? Like, how do we do that? And so that ended up being more entertainment rather than ratchet as decoration. <laughs> you know, like, you don't want to make your wedding look ratchet, but like, instill something else. So that was the stuff we talked about. And that's the fun conversation about all of this. How do you want our wedding day to look like? How do mm -hmm. we tell our story? Who are we? Now we've gone through celebrating our engagement, drafting our guest list, going through our budget, talking about our dream wedding, and now it's time to research and get inspired. But before you sign up for all the newsletters, look on Instagram, pin on Pinterest, and reach out to vendors, the most important thing to do is create a joint email off the bat. You want all your communications to stay there so you're not looking at one person's inbox or the other person's inbox and getting confused. At least with one joint email, you're both able to see what's happening and what communications is happening, what you booked and all of that. This helps so, so much. We also went to wedding fairs. And babe, how did you feel going to the wedding fairs and do you think it was helpful for you? How I felt about them, they were actually pretty dope. You know, just a lot of the fairs, they had a lot of food. And I can't say no to free food, so <laughs> it was good to go. But I liked it a lot. It was for me to really see what's there and what goes on in planning a wedding. There was just a lot that we had to cover, and this was a good starting point. Basically, the 
I don't know. I think it was nice to see like other vendors. It was good to see like other offers just so you have something to compare rather than just having a small list of particular vendors. So it was good to do that. But I really wanted just to be there just to support Amy. I definitely didn't want to just be taking a backseat into like all this planning process. I, I didn't want to just put the burden of planning the whole wedding on her. I could have definitely just been like, oh yeah, you're a planner, it's fine. But no, like that's just pretty shitty in my in my <laughs> head. Is So I just wanted to be there just to help her out, to support her, but more so of just have an opinion. Like it's it was our wedding. It wasn't just her wedding. And yeah, that's that was like one of the reasons why I wanted to go to the fairs or actually just to be a part of this process. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of cool things at the wedding fairs. I ended up actually being, I don't know how I ended up being there, but I was in a wobble wobble contest and I forgot what the actual prize was. But again, it's free stuff. And who knows, maybe if I did win, I didn't, I didn't. But, you should have. Yeah, but I just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to try because if we did, then that's just something extra that we could have put within our wedding that we didn't have to spend on. It was pretty fun going to wedding fairs with each other and then our family and friends because, I don't know, it was just something different. And yeah. what he said, he kept eating, y'all. <laughs> Anything he was seeing, he's like, babe, this is hell good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm not not that hard to please. So, <laughs> like, anything that was there, it was just like, ooh, this wedding cake. But for her, it was probably like, it sucked. But for me, I was like, hey, this is pretty good. Oh, my but, God. Yeah, they had, what, they had nothing but cakes there. They had some, they had barbecue. I love barbecue. They had catering barbecue there. And I just <laughs> wanted to see if I could get, like, two, two servings of that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... As you're researching, as you're doing all of that, the first thing you should really research is a venue. When you start looking, make sure you have a few dates in mind so that you can be flexible. You never want to set your heart on one date because it could be hard, especially for my 2021 brides. You're also competing with the 2020 brides who had to reschedule their wedding. So really be flexible about what dates you want to explore because that'll help you in the long run and not be so stressful when choosing your venue. Babe, can you talk about how we started looking for a venue and what made us choose our final venue? Like, well, how did you feel when you saw our venue and was like, yeah, this is the one? I think how we started was simply just looking online. Also, the wedding fairs had particular venues too, so that was a good starting point. I guess what we wanted to really consider is they just had a lot to offer and it was roughly around the same price with those extra offerings to a place that was in the Bay Area for just the venue itself. So the venue that we actually went with, we had the venue that would accommodate our guests, the number of guests, but it also offered an overnight stay for a good group of people, or basically about 30 people after the wedding. That was an offering that was within the the venue, and I don't know, that just seemed like a really great option. It was just, mm-hmm. we, did, we just wanted to just spend hella money on just the venue. So I think it's important to say that you might not find the perfect venue, like, I honestly feel it wasn't the perfect one for us. Mm-hmm. Perfect ones could have been in San Francisco. But, we, you know, we're not going to be able to afford that type of venue. Yeah. So knowing, again, what your budget is and what you're willing to settle for. And I guess not settling, settling, but at least what you're going to be okay with and why is important. Because for us, we were like, okay, yeah, we can stay over with our friends. And that was important. It's having the company after, you know, it was a unique place to stay in. Mm-hmm. And it was really beautiful and it was going with the theme of like glamorous. There were drawbacks and there's going to be drawbacks with the venue. Like it was hella far. Wi-Fi sucks. 
but it's like, okay, well, maybe Wi-Fi sucks, but that gives more of our guests a chance to really talk to each other and not be on our phones so much. Yeah. So just think about kind of like the pros and cons. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I was just like, probably have a pros and cons list for a good amount of decisions with the wedding. Because again, like Amy said, you're not going to be able to find the perfect one. So it's just basically finding the one with the most benefit. So along with the venue, we had to make sure that the church we wanted to get married in was available on that date. So again, like I said, it is important to be flexible with your dates, especially if you're going to be getting married at a different venue. We also chose a specific priest. We were going to get married in Sacramento, but we wanted a priest from the Oakland Diocese. And we had to talk to each to make sure that it was okay. We ended up finding out that we had to do a bunch of stuff before getting married in the Catholic Church. It was kind of crazy, but it was the best part of our engagement. What do we have to go through and how did you personally feel about it? Did you learn anything specific and do you think it was worth it? We actually had to go through a lot of meetings. So we had meetings with Deacon and we had a few courses we had to take. Me just trying to be as open about about it all. Of course, it looked like a lot of work, but I personally think that it was super beneficial for us because it just helped us grow within our relationship. And there was a lot of topics that we didn't discuss about marriage and what we were going to get into. And this helped us get into those topics and get into those discussions. And I personally think it was probably one of the best things that happened during this process, just because it allowed us to be more vulnerable for each other. Yeah, we basically had to take this questionnaire called focus questionnaire and it's 186 questions a lot of questions and that's what he's talking about because i'm just gonna back it up a little bit to give them some information we met with the priest and he was like okay y'all y'all have to take this focus questionnaire we're like okay cool he goes but you cannot talk about it you can't talk about the answers you have to do it individually and that's it submit and we're like all right 186 questions what the heck is Yeah, what the heck is going to um, happen? When we finally met with our deacon, he actually printed out our answers and he had to go through each statement with us where we did not have the same answers. Busted. And a lot of these questions were, they were statements, but we had to agree, disagree, or we were uncertain or unsure. Mm -hmm. So the questions that we were not on the same page on, the deacon had brought it up and we had to talk about it with the deacon. It was almost like a premarital therapy type thing and we but we just did not know what to expect and we didn't know we were going to go through that like that yeah some of the questions we're going to talk about we're actually going to go ahead and read off some of the statements so you kind of have an idea because we really went deep into it yeah so i'm going to go ahead and start it says my future spouse spends too much time with technology how my future spouse deals with change is a problem for me i am concerned about some financial decisions made by my future spouse We have discussed which traditions and customs each of us will bring from our families to this marriage. We have discussed the parenting roles each of us will have in raising children. I fully support my future spouse's occupation or career plans. I am hoping that after my marriage, my future spouse will change some of his or her behaviors. We have discussed the ways our family solves problems and how this may affect our problem solving. My future spouse finds it difficult to let go of past hurts. We are in agreement about how we will make banking and financial decisions between us. We have discussed the expectations each of us has to our role as husband and wife. 
Yeah, so this questionnaire was such a game changer. If you imagine going through that with your partner and thinking about the agree, disagree, or uncertain, these are topics that can make or break your marriage mm-hmm. and relationship, and people get divorced over these things. It's finance, family, past history, if you can't conceive a child, and the church really made us go through it. Yeah, it basically just created a space for us to talk about those things. Like, there were some topics that we just didn't even think about, and it wasn't as important for some topics, but then there were topics that were super important for us, and we just never brought those up. It was very good for us to do that because we didn't want it to just be a big surprise later down the road. Yeah, and I was like, man, I thought, you know, we had been together for five years, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no, we we got it like we've talked about stuff all the time we're always talking every day but then he brought up these deeper questions and it really made me feel like our relationship changed for the better it really had us digging deeper not just into our relationship but as individuals yeah and it really just changed our outlook on so many things so the focus questionnaire again was a game changer but we also had to go through another thing and it was a weekend retreat called the engagement encounter retreat it was with the san francisco diocese because oakland diocese had one but the dates didn't work for us so we had to go with the san francisco diocese and that was okay with the priest and this was a weekend retreat with other engaged couples and we basically went through some of the same types of topics when we were at the workshop room or the main room married couples talked about a topic each of us were given a workbook and we had to write in the workbook and read it out to our partner Um, what did you think about the engagement encounter and what did you learn about us as a couple do you think it changed our relationship yeah, definitely. I think the the whole retreat, it was definitely necessary for us. Uh, during that exact time, we were actually at a rough spot. We were just arguing a lot. We were just stressed about our jobs, stressed about the planning process. But it really allowed us to just get down to expressing those things that we were holding on to and we were able to let them go or even just talk about it but it brought us closer i personally feel that it brought us a lot closer and again it made us more vulnerable i just personally feel like when you're able to break down that barrier of being vulnerable it allows you to open a lot more and that time it was just a great reset for us because i'm pretty sure i was getting on our nerves (laughs) so like this thing it was just you just hear me laugh (laughs) yeah it's it was it was a funny time but yeah, it was definitely needed and because it allowed us to get closer, really remember why we're getting married. Yeah. What they told us to do was, here are questions in the workbook that you have to answer. But when you answer it, you have to put it in letter form mm-hmm. to your partner. So it's like, okay, I'm answering these questions, these really tough questions. But when I answer, I'm like, dear babe. And mm-hmm. then I answer all of them. We're answering these questions separately. When we meet with each other again, we can read it out loud or we can read it silently. But we first read it with oh, our head God. and then the second with our heart. And this was the part that they mentioned, like always read it twice. Because a lot of the times when we read things, we just read it with our head. We're just like, we're quick to judge, right? Mm-hmm. We don't, we're not coming from a place of understanding right away. But once we let it sink in and we open our heart to reading it, let all those thoughts go. The second time is like having more empathy. I'm understanding where you're coming from a little bit better and a little bit more. And that was our biggest takeaway. Or sorry, that our biggest takeaway. That was my biggest takeaway. <laughs> no, I just definitely agree with all that because when I read it the second time, I was much more resisting to judge or to be def- defensive of what she was saying. Me being the sensitive person that I am. But yeah, you definitely just want to take your time. And reading it that second time did that. 
Oh, and another thing too, because we had to answer the question separately. I remember they were saying like, whenever you see each other, greet each other with a kiss mm-hmm. before you talk about anything else, before you depart from each other from the main room. Before we started writing down our answers, they were like, depart with a kiss. Greet each other with a kiss. Yeah. And it was like hella corny, but helpful. Super helpful. Because, yeah. I mean, what's the opposite? What, we're just going to like mean like, mug, hey, what's up? Mean <laughs> mug each other before we leave and then just like come back with an awkward silence. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't create a good atmosphere. So yeah. those corny stuff be working. <laughs> but some of the topics that we had to talk about was understanding myself So kind of like a personality audit, you had to explore how your family grew up in your individual families and the values that you grew up with and how that's important to you to understand each other better and what values you want to bring into your own family. Yeah, The other one was, uh, is romance enough? Not just kind of going through the motions of not just marriage, but more so of your lives. Like, obviously, there's going to be a lot of things that's going to be happening and it's just How are you keeping that spark alive during your marriage? Are we really communicating? So we were talking about communication tools and are we really communicating the way each other likes to communicate? Mm -hmm. And is it beneficial? And is it really working for us? Yeah, another one was managing conflict. And that was a big one. And the next ones, I'm just going to read it out. It's decisions in marriage, financial fidelity, intimacy in marriage, forgiveness in marriage sacrament of matrimony and betrothal we don't want to get too much into the retreat because if you do want to go to the retreat it is highly recommended again i'll link that into the show notes and my website in the blog that's talking about engagement but this was so helpful for us and even if you're not catholic they had so many non-catholic couples there and it was just really fun because I got to just talk to other brides about their weddings, you know, and I'm sure other brides have thought this too, where you're constantly talking about your wedding to your friends and bridesmaids. It's like, are they annoyed by it by now? (laughs) Is it like too much? So when you're talking to other brides, like you're both on the same page. And so it gets more fun and exciting. So it was just really fun to be around other engaged couples and talk about the experience that we were having. But it also, again, as Matt said earlier, it also reset where we were remembering the purpose of us getting married and what the bigger vision was. It wasn't just one wedding day. Mm -hmm. After all of that, you know, we went through the meetings with the deacon, the retreat. We thought we were good. Like, we were like, all right, we're done with all the Catholic prep, (laughs) right? But last minute, we ended up finding out that we needed to take another class because it was required in the Sacramento Diocese and what we were going through was the Oakland Diocese because that's where our priest was. So he knew the Oakland Diocese rules. Because we were getting married at a church in Sacramento, we also had to do Sacramento requirements. So we ended up having to take a natural family planning class, but luckily we were able to take it online. Yeah, that was pretty convenient. And it was interesting because <laughs> Matt was learning all about the female Hey, there was ovulation there and was everything. Sheets and charts oh and descriptions. So it was pretty funny. Yeah. Is there anything else I'm missing? I think what we didn't know about is that there was an opportunity that we can create a couple's prayer and ask for the priest and guests to recite it at our ceremony. So we actually were able to make that prayer at the encounter. We sat down together and basically just created the prayer and they recommended that we could probably put it within our wedding and that was really, really nice. It was just to add a personal touch of our church wedding. Of our faith. Yeah. So we're not going to go through 
all the planning process because it is going to be long and with the next episode we're going to talk about how we planned our own wedding so we can go into details about that a little bit more but we just wanted to give kind of the base of planning and what first steps you need to do to wrap this up we're going to actually talk about the things we learned during our engagement process when we were engaged a lot of people were telling us what they learned and some tips and tricks and i was just taking everything into consideration but These are some of the things that maybe some people didn't touch upon because it really is all personal experiences. So babe, what did you learn during our engagement? I'm usually kind of lax about a lot of things, but I definitely should not be just go with the flow for this part. This is the biggest event of our lives and I don't want to just put that burden all on Amy. So I wanted to participate. I wanted to just support her in any way that I can. And I didn't want to just take advantage like, oh, she's a wedding planner. So she, we got it on lock. But no, it's just, again, it's just putting all that pressure on her. And then I'm over here just chilling. And that is not okay at all. So I wanted to be there. Like it was also my wedding. It's also my marriage. It's not just her wedding. It's both of ours. So that was probably the biggest thing for me to learn. Another one was just remembering why we're getting married. Again, we were having a lot of stress from our jobs and even just this process. And of course, there's going to be a lot of times where we're on edge and we're just kind of bickering. Or again, we might just be annoyed at each other. (laughs) But I just have to remember that I need to remember why I'm marrying Amy. Like why I'm going to be spending the rest of my life with her. We had a year and a half to prepare for our, our wedding, but it was going by so fast Mm -hmm. like it just went by really really fast and very thankful for amy to have her sheets and a track list of what we needed to do like a a checklist how about you what did you learn yeah so for me those are good i learned a lot about us what our strengths were and weaknesses were and how we could work together we talked about what we like to do what would help each other out so it was helpful to talk through that and another thing i learned was I learned my family and friends' strengths and how they can actually help me and what role they play in my life. It was more like, okay, maybe my friend can't plan a certain thing, but they're helpful in another thing. Or maybe a special big occasion just isn't their thing. They don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to help plan. They don't know how to help you, but they're there for you for your everyday part of your lives or they're there for you for the fun part of your lives. And that's okay. This event, this wedding is not a make or break in your friendship, although it did help me learn who's actually there for me and who's not. So it was interesting to see how people react to a special day for you and who was a little bit more selfish and who actually cared about your well-being. I also learned that we needed to find time to spend together and make planning fun, especially when it got stressful. I think at one point we were trying to plan every single day because we were like, we just need to get through this. And finally we sat down and we were like, no, this is too much. Like we're planning too much. So how can we take it back, be more effective? We ended up planning wedding Wednesdays. So we'd go somewhere fun, maybe for a drink or Mm -hmm. just a different environment and not just at our home. Yeah. Yeah. Most likely just be kind of comfortable. Yeah, and we'd bring our laptops and our notes and that's how we would plan. So just making it more fun and making it a date so that you're experiencing, you know, like a restaurant or something together, but also planning your wedding at the same time. Yeah, just changing up the environment a little bit. Yeah. 
I also learned that our relationship felt different as we had to talk about some real and deep conversations on a whole nother level. Again, like we talked about when we were talking to the deacon and doing all those questions, it really made us feel closer. And Mm -hmm. I really felt that. And there were a lot of things that we had to do to forgive each other for certain things or whatever the case may be. So I think that our relationship grew stronger through the engagement process. And I also learned not everyone will be happy about the decisions you make, but you can't wait on people's schedules. You need to keep it moving. Whether it's like the color of a dress, the type of dress, shoes, decoration, whatever the case may be, there will always be people who are not going to be happy with the decisions you make. I kind of had to learn to let go of that because it would bug me. It would bug me so much if somebody said something that they didn't like and that became more unnecessary stress so just remember that people are not always going to be happy and that's with life too right I had to learn like this may be just one wedding day but I realized that not everybody's going to be happy with the decisions I make in anything and that should be okay they're entitled to their opinion but they shouldn't affect how I feel and what I want because at the end of the day it was my happiness and Matt's happiness and yeah. whatever we wanted to do as a couple. And if they couldn't accept that, then that's on them. It was a perfect time for us to just be selfish because, again, what Amy was saying, like, it's our wedding. It's not anyone else's. It's ours. So whatever we wanted to create our happiness, that's what we wanted to go for. Yeah. So lastly, the last thing I learned is it's hard AF to stick to your budget. It is Definitely. so hard, y'all. Like there are so many times we kept going back and forth like, do we need this? Do we want this? Like, yeah. is this okay? Can we increase our budget a little bit? Yeah, because if we always asked ourselves if we could increase our budget in a certain area, we end up just spending a whole lot more. That stuff adds up. Yeah, so we had to like really... Again, like I said in the beginning during the budget and finance portion, we had to really be flexible around our budget, but you do have to set a maximum budget. Like you cannot go over this. This is the absolute limit. And then everything else is kind of a working sheet. Again, we just went back to our top three values for our wedding. And that was something that we could prioritize our funds for. Things that weren't on that list, we were able to be flexible with those. Okay, I think that gives you an idea about everything we learned during our engagement. Thanks for joining me in this episode, babe. No worries. Do you have any last words or any last tips to our listeners as we wrap it up? Uh, I think just a tip maybe for uh, the engaged couples is to, again, just enjoy the process. You got to find balance with it. Try not to plan every single day you gotta have some fun maybe have dates here and there you want to remember why you're getting married you're gonna be spending the rest of your life with this person and you really have to remember why you're doing that a thing that helped us was the priest told us that we should try when we're praying out loud together that we should mention something that we're grateful for one another an example of this was for me to just let amy know thank you thank you for cooking dinner tonight because i was so tired and I was just stressed from work so that's what I'm grateful for I'm grateful for you to just do that for me that's something we still do until today not just during our engagement and that's always super helpful so it's time to cheers what would you like to cheers to and what are you drinking I am drinking a iced coffee right now just because I can't really have a beer at the moment trying to slim down oh my god but uh no it's uh 
in all seriousness, cheers to you. I've basically been firsthand seeing you grow professionally and personally, and that's something that is super inspiring to me to just try to be a better person. So cheers to you and to all the people that you positively affect. Thank you, babe. You're welcome. So sweet. (laughs) And cheers to our engaged couples listening to this podcast. This is for you. This is such an exciting time, like I said earlier, and it can be really tough, but it's so worth it. And we're super excited for your next chapter in your life. So cheers to you. All right. All right. Thanks again to my husband for joining us on this episode. Didn't he do so good? And he was nervous. He's a natural. (laughs) But anyway, one thing I did want to add to this that can be a little bit confusing, but also the absolute most important part is obtaining your marriage license. Whatever county you're getting married at, set up your appointment there. You can set an appointment within 90 days of your wedding day. So I would suggest, you know, putting a little reminder on your 90 day mark of your wedding so that you don't forget. You can't set your appointment earlier than 90 days, unfortunately, because you do have to get married within those three months from when you file. You'll need an ID and a copy of your birth certificate. They'll give you the paper that your priest or whoever is marrying you will need to sign as well as your witnesses, and then you submit it after you get married. It does not need to be the wedding day. You can wait until the weekday later that week, but make sure to keep it safe because this is your only copy. Like, you have to save it with your life. Um, Also with that, make sure you know where your birth certificate is. I had to get mine from Guam still, and so it took me a while. So that was one of the first things I did, even though the appointment wasn't until 90 days before the wedding date. I still looked for it like a year in advance, just so I knew where these documents were. But also for Catholic weddings, if you're getting married in the Catholic church, they're going to need your baptism certificate and your confirmation for the Catholic wedding. And they also need it to be dated at a current date and not from whenever you first got baptized. It's a little weird, but mine was still in Guam. (laughs) So when they sent it, the priest was like, no, this is outdated. You know, you have to get the new date, like today's date. And I was like, are you kidding me? Somebody has to go to Guam. Somebody in Guam has to do it and send it to me again. So that can take a while. So I would suggest doing that right away or like figuring that out as soon as possible instead of waiting for the very last minute. So you're going to get so many tips and tricks from other friends and family, even when you don't want it or need it. But just take what people say into consideration and thank them for their advice. Ultimately, if you need help, hire a professional wedding planner to help you through it. Even if it's just a month of coordinator, that planner can help you fill in the gaps that might be missing and that your family and friends aren't necessarily going to help you with. All right, I hope you learned a few tips and tricks from this podcast episode. We didn't want to go through every aspect of planning because that would be so long. But as always, if you have any questions, feel free to email me through my website or chat with me on Instagram at Celebrate with Amy. I'm here for you and I want you to celebrate with ease. Check out the blog for any links and Excel sheet templates that you might want or need. And let me know if there's something that you're looking for that you really can't find. I might have a template for you or at least can guide you in some way. Thanks for listening, party people. Next week, Matt and I will be talking about how we planned our wedding to give you ideas on how you can personalize yours. Until then, sending you all the love and confetti. 